0: me in Luke 5 today, very short section, very long sermon, I'm kidding. Verse 12, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately The leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. This is the word of the Lord. Has anyone here ever heard of daycare? Wow, only one. You ever hear of daycare yeah. urgent care all right care bears anyone ever hear of care, rich it's just me and you today so anyone here of uh, caretakers care package what that what does care mean first peter 5 7. anyone ever read that Cast your cares on the Lord. Well, actually, let, let's go there. Let's put it in context. First Peter five. So keep your finger in Luke. Go over to First Peter, chapter five. Verse six says, "Humble yourselves therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He what." What does that mean cares? You know, when you drop your kid off at daycare you kind of hope they care about your kids when you go to urgent care you hope they're able to care for you when you send a care package you hope well you hope it has money in it but what is care well, look at this text really narrow focus we're going to take today but you have a leper who comes to jesus in a city now have any of you ever had leprosy does anyone know what leprosy is? The Bible talks about various skin ailments, which is true, but this is a unique case of leprosy. It's actually commonly called Hansen's disease. It's because Dorothy has a bad case, right, Dorothy? Hansen's disease? No. It was a doctor named Hansen. There's no known cure until around the 1980s, and this was a, a society killer. It was heavily, heavily contagious by touch or by respiration, and it tore people apart, and it was almost always fatal. It was a nerve disease. It killed the nerve, so you had no feeling, and by having no feeling, you'd destroy the flesh by banging it, scratching it, rubbing it, or not caring for it. It was hideous to look at, horrible to have, deadly in almost every case. People who had it were called unclean. Leviticus 13, you can read all about it. And this guy with leprosy comes into the town. The worst part of leprosy was you were removed from society. Ostracized, outcast, lonely, hopeless, helpless, all on your own. You could not come near your people. Rabbis had a rule, six feet upwind, a hundred feet downwind, and I'm not kidding. Lepers could not come to town. But what did this leper do? I don't know, how did this text start? While he, Jesus, was in one of the cities, so we're in Galilee, around the the, the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret, right? There was this man, I love how the doctor, Luke puts it, full of leprosy. Disgusting to look at, isolated by himself, horrible pain, lonely, helpless, hopeless, dying. He heard there was a healer. He came into town. That's just crazy. He should have been stoned, according to the Old Testament ceremonial law. But he probably thought, so what? What do I have to lose? He heard a healer was in town. He came to the healer. And what does he say? Don't miss what he says here. Lord, if you will. Can you help me? Is that what he says? Can you heal me? Are you capable? What does he say to Jesus? Lord, if... You will, you can. I mean, just think about the confidence he comes to Jesus with. He knows who he is. He knows about power Jesus has. And he says to him in no uncertain terms Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And then we have Jesus who says, Unclean, away from me, you dirty, disgusting, vile leper. No. He stretched out his hand and touched him. Why? Why did he touch him? Go ahead, don't be afraid. Well, for the first time in the history of humanity, what was clean touched what was unclean and did not become unclean, but the unclean became clean. Follow that, Jack? Did Jesus have to touch him to heal him? The answer is no. Did Jesus have to touch him to heal him? You guys are slow learners. The answer is no. Did Jesus have to touch him to heal him? But this man had not been touched in who knows how long. And Jesus reached out and touched him. Compassion, care, tenderness, mercy. To show also that he who was God could not be made unclean by touching the unclean, but came to make the unclean clean. I think that's right. Play it back. And look at how he healed him. The man over the coming two weeks, little by little, got better. How did he heal him? So whenever you see a healing in Scripture from Jesus or the apostles, it's immediately, it's totally, it's also creative. Do you know why Jesus doesn't heal bad backs? Who cares? It's a bad back, right? No, he cares he does creative miracles to show who he is he cares about your bad back he cares about your sore foot and he can heal it but the healings in the Bible show the deity of Christ totally completely and once and for all he touched the leper not to heal him but to show compassion for him he healed the leper and their creative miracles dead alive lame walk blind see Leper, hideously disfigured, totally reconfigured perfectly. Don't miss that. If someone says they have the gift of healing today, bring them with you to church. Because they don't. You never seen someone missing an arm have an arm put back on at a Benny Hinn crusade, have you? You ever see a, a dead person come back? A truly blind person given sight. No, you know why? Because that is a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, authenticating the gospel from this time forward through Acts, and we'll get to that as we go through. But he healed him immediately, totally, completely, declaring, I am God. Who can create? Can people create? The answer is no. Can people create? People can construct off of God's creation, but only God can create. Jesus says, I am God. Tells him, don't tell anybody. Why? He's probably trying to buy two more weeks before the crowds come crushing it. Three days to Jerusalem, three days back, eight days there. The guy goes. Now here's what I want you to do. There's so much here. <laughs> slow down a little bit I'm going to give you guys some time to think because I want to dig into this what's the difference between you and a leper well I hope so your skin isn't falling off why would Jesus heal a leper let me see your hands now you're good Dylan's got something on his leg right there. Stay unclean! (laughs) Leprosy. Outcast. Out of the society. You can't feel anything. You're in pain. You're dying. No cure. It's kind of like spiritual leprosy, amen? You are far dirtier on your own than you realize. You all have spiritual leprosy apart from Christ. Imagine a leper beauty pageant, our first contestant from the great state of Arkansas, Lady Liberty Leper, donning her bathing suit, you'd be like, whoa, whoa. From the state of New York, whoa, right? And that's, that's, I got issues with beauty pageants, but stick with me. Imagine going to a movie and a a heartthrob with leprosy. But we compare one leper to the another and call it good. You're all lepers. Jesus came to heal lepers. Do you think of yourself as a spiritual leper or a good person? We compare one to another, not us to Christ. Amen? But look how the leper came. Get to my right note here because this is beautiful. Look at how the leper came. Desperately, reverentially, urgently, Humbly, faithfully. Do you know how lost people come to Christ? Hmm. Desperately. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm dying. I'm in pain at the same time I can't feel. Reverently. Lord. Right? Urgently. Help. Humbly i'm unworthy faithfully you can this is not how you come to christ i choose jesus this is how you come to christ please choose me you see the difference i am unworthy i am unclean peter last week all the fish in the boat what does peter do Jesus, high five! Now what does he do? You got your Bibles. What's he say? I lost my place. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. Do you understand? You are far dirtier than you realize. You're competing in a leper beauty pageant. God doesn't Allow lepers in his presence on their merits. But God loves you and cares for you far more than you can ever comprehend. Amen? Amen. What does care mean? Give you a definition. To devote time, energy, thought, and effort to what will be good for someone, and then to act on it because you feel a deep concern and affection for that person. It's from a couple authors, Grove and Smith, in a book, Untangling Emotion. To devote time, energy, thought, and effort to what will be good for someone, and then to act on it because you feel a deep concern and affection for that person. Guys. Y'all get the you stink part of the gospel if you've been here long enough, right? You flat stink. You have spiritual leprosy. But if you see that, and if you come to Christ, Lord, if you will, you can heal me, make me clean. He will. Why? Not because he's like, darn it, another one came. I, you're forgiven. but man, you're ugly. Darn it. Is that how you think of Jesus sometimes if you're totally honest, by how you trust Him? When God commands you, do you go, "Yes, Dad." Or do you go, "Hold up. You want me to do what?" You, you, you're saying, "What? You better back off? You don't know him well. You don't trust him well. Do you know how much God cares for you? If my kids run up, they're too big now, but Charlie does sometimes, and they fall down and they hit their head and they're bleeding. They still fall down, hit their head, and bleed, but I can't give them a big hug and pick them up. And they're like gushing blood. Do you think I, as a good father, would say, suck it up? Get a Band-Aid and get off of my clean carpet. Now, I might have said that once, but it was in a bad state. Do you? I didn't. Do you think God thinks of you that way? Listen, if you have a hangnail, God cares that you have a hangnail. Why? Because he is compassionate and merciful and attentive to you and wants you to be whole and complete and perfect. He cares that you have a hangnail. I mean, chew on that for a minute. He cares. He could have said to the leper, back up. You're nasty. Everybody watch. My power. Boom. Everybody be like, whoa. He'd be like, yeah, get your act together. But he didn't. He let the leper come to him. Dare I say he providentially caused or allowed that man to have leprosy if we follow theology through accurately? Hmm. And he allowed the leper to come to him, to kneel before him, and the hand of the man who was God reached out and touched a leper. Wow! I mean, do you see that? But that same hand, now figuratively speaking, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reached out and touched you, a spiritual leper. God dwells in you if you are saved. He made what was unclean clean, a dead corpse, the temple of God. Do you know how much Jesus cares for you? Not the type of care your kid gets if you give a few hundred bucks a week. Not the type of care you get if you give your $100 co-pay. Not the type of care you get in a box. A devotion of time, energy, thought, and effort to what will be good for you and then acting on it because he feels a deep concern and affection for you. I mean, is that how you think of God? The all-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing God cares for you. But we forget. We forget who we were and who we are. And when you put this gospel together of you are a spiritual leper, God says you must be perfect. You ain't. But Jesus was and he and is, and he who is perfect came to make the imperfect perfect. It gives you a humility and a boldness that you can't shake. You don't strut in the kingdom of God. You're like, look at me. Mr. Jesus loves me. I am beautiful. I am brilliant. And I am brave. The Lord is pleased with me. There are some peacock Christians like that. I wonder if they're really safe. Look at my feathers. The Christian is one who also doesn't walk around like this. Oh, the Eeyore Christian. I stink. I'm gonna die. (laughs) How's your day? Pretty bad. Well, why? I don't know yet, but it's gonna be bad. I sinned again. The Bible says if you're a sin, you don't love God. I probably don't even love God. So you got the peacock. I didn't even write this down. I should check. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. And the Eeyore, woe is me. Woe is me. And neither one grasped the gospel well. Here's the Christian. You walk along confidently someone says, what are you all confident about? Oh, you have no idea how confident I am. Well, what are you all confident about? Because do you know whose I am? Do you you know, look look at this hot mess. I'm a child of God. And God's watching me, and God's guiding me, and God's providing for me, and God's protecting me. What do I have to be afraid of? My daddy's stronger than your daddy. A humility. Well, how how did you get to be this? this child of God well well not like the peacock guy and not like the Eeyore guy this is how it happened one day I just realized I had leprosy really yeah but no no not on the skin the, the spiritual type well, well how'd you know you had spiritual leprosy well the symptoms were everywhere my friends Do you know what the symptoms of spiritual leprosy are? Do you think of your lost friends as having spiritual leprosy? How do you share the gospel? Well, the leper came having a self-quake. It's a Timothy Keller word, a self-quake. Peter had the self-quake. If you haven't had a self-quake, you haven't really come to Jesus yet. A self-quake is, there is something disgustingly wrong with me. You know how you come to have a self-quake? Patakos meets hagias. total depravity meets holiness. And you go, "Um, I don't look like you. I look vile and gross and disgusting. I have spiritual leprosy, I have sin, I love what is disgusting and I hate what is lovely. That's your state apart from Christ. You don't wanna serve God, you wanna glorify you. And when you see that and you see God, you fall on your face and you cry out to God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But when you interact with the world, go go home today. Talk to someone in your house or a lost neighbor. Hey, here's what I learned in church. You're a spiritual leper and you're going to hell, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. But you don't have to if you wanna trust Jesus. Do you wanna, ha, ha, no, oh well. Yeah, please don't do that. And don't even just go home and just share it. Listen, interpret the sermon. What are the symptoms of spiritual leprosy? Jesus can heal anything and everything, amen? But he doesn't heal everything and anything, does he? You never hear, the man came to Jesus with a sore left heel. Plantar fasciitis had riddled him for weeks. Lord, my foot, it aches. I've had plantar fasciitis. It's bad when you have it, right? Anyone ever have that? I had to wear Crocs and I'm like walking around, and Lord knows, I would have been pushing this leper out a lot. Get back my foot! <laughs> Jesus doesn't heal plantar fasciitis. Why? He could, but plantar fasciitis is a sign of spiritual leprosy. Did you know that? Because your body is riddled by the effects of sin. But Jesus didn't heal plantar fasciitis. He came to do bigger and grander, authenticating, affirming miracles, saying that I am God. Yes, I can heal plantar fasciitis, and I'll heal it one day. But watch this. See that dead body? Uh Uh-huh. Get up. Ooh. And see what I stop focusing on my plantar fasciitis, and I start (laughs) focusing on Jesus, then I'm like, it doesn't hurt so much anymore. But culturally, you will meet people who are struggling with disease and sickness. Amen? Amen. People who are struggling with death, amen? Divorce, amen? Rage, hopelessness, loneliness, fear, and anxiety. These are all symptoms of spiritual leprosy. Don't pray to Jesus, Jesus, help me not be scared. Pray to Jesus, Jesus, help me to see you so that I might not have to fear anything. And as we interact in a world that is riddled with spiritual leprosy, remembering that we once were spiritual lepers, we say to them, not this, choose Jesus, he'll make your life so much better. Don't, don't. You know what we say to them? Cry out to Jesus to choose you, and he will make you clean. I mean, stop and think about all the people you know. And I know most of you want to share the gospel with people. Which you struggle with, how, okay, how do I do it? Like you, most of you now have the verbiage down for the gospel. Amen? But you're just like, how do, how do I execute this? How do I, well, in one respect, just do it. But in a much easier respect, the world is riddled with the effects of spiritual leprosy. And we forget that we are saved to point spiritual lepers to Christ. You remember in Luke 4, Jesus talked about leprosy, amen? And he was talking about 2 Kings 5. And this little girl says to Naaman's wife, who says to Naaman, there's a man who can heal your leprosy. That's what your life is all about. On this side of eternity, it's saying to everyone you can, there's a man who can heal your leprosy. You're lonely. You're scared. You feel insecurity. You feel hopelessness. You feel like there's no meaning to life. You, 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 you're, you're struggling with disease, death, divorce. Your kids are rebellious. Life is hard. Listen, I get it because we're broken. But there is a man who can fix and heal and restore and make all things new. Can I introduce you to him? His name is Jesus. And let me show you how I know who he is. In Luke 1 through 4, we have the credentials of Jesus. His resume. Gives us his whole resume. And then in Luke 5, he does active performance review on the job. The power of Jesus is being shown and displayed in his signs and wonders. This Jesus guy is God. Truly God and truly man come to save the world from their sin from the wrath of god and to make all things new again my friends do you forget who you were do you forget who you are do you see what just happened here this is such an easy text to blow by in fact I actually was going to combine it with what comes next because i love the story that comes next and and let me, let me make this comment. I used the word story. It's not really a story. It's a historical event. And I want to put this out there. And this could take precedence at real conversations. Is the Bible really true through and through? Are the historical portions of Scripture reliable, verifiable, and trustworthy? If they're not, You don't have any need to come back next week. If they are, you might want to come a couple times this week. But how do we know? If that is a genuine question you have, please ask. Because there is a watertight answer we can give to you. It is knowably, verifiably, reliably true through and through. Every historical event recorded in the Bible is most accurately recorded, I guarantee. And I can show you why I say I guarantee. And if you struggle with that, please ask. Don't live by assumption. You're talking to a Jewish guy who wanted nothing to do with the church a long time ago. Trust me, I wouldn't waste it. But there's a way to know with certainty. Please ask. But if this is really true, which I'm staking eternity on, and that's not a big bet, if this is true, This God we serve is audaciously kind and powerful and attentive and loving. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Brothers and sisters, what are you afraid of? Don't have to tell me out loud, but can we be honest? You may put on a brave face, but you are terrified little children inside, are you not? What, 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 what's the doctor going to say? What, what, what happens when the bank account runs out? What, 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 if, my, what if my kids never call me? What if, what if they never come to faith? What if, what if I lose my job? What if, what if, what if, what if, stop? See, what if thinking is a form of idolatry? Because you can lose that and be reminded of who God is. But you need one another to pull this off. To minister the word of God and the power of God for the glory of God and the fellowship of God. You are riddled with anxiety because while you were once a spiritual leper who has been made clean before God, you still deal with the side effects of leprosy in your fallen body. Said another way, you are positionally perfect in Christ before God. But you are not yet practically perfect. And we need to remind one another that not only do we live in a fallen world, but we live in fallen bodies. And we can cry out to God. We can do Romans eight groaning. Creation groans, your body groans, the spirit groans. But too often we forget. And what happens is a lost friend invites us, hey, I'm going to a leper beauty pageant. You wanna come? And we're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And the next thing you know, you're sitting there watching a leper beauty pageant. woo You need a brother or sister to come alongside and open your eyes. What are you doing? Oh! Oh! What do those leper beauty pageants look like? They're the idols of your heart. What is, the mo- what is something in your life you feel like if you lost it today, you could never be truly happy and content and joyful? What is something In your life that if you lost it today, you honestly believe you could never be fully and totally joyful and content. If the answer is anything other than Christ, you have an idol. And if your answer is the only thing I have is Christ, you're a liar. But here's the thing. If you lost that, your fear is based on the fact that you don't know who Christ truly is. You can't lose it unless he allows you to lose it listen to me there are some things you lose that you should grieve right death is a grievable thing but you don't grieve hopelessly you grieve hopefully and you say to christ listen we looked at psalm 22 today you look at christ and you cry out to a god who cares for you god this is hard this hurts i don't know how to deal with this help me don't do the christianized prayer of, lord you are good and it's okay amen No, that's theologically true, but you can cry out to God, it hurts, I'm scared, help. And he will because he cares. Listen, don't be all stoic in the church. Open up, we're recovering sin addicts, we're former spiritual lepers. You're still under the effects of leprosy. I don't want to see how good you are. I want to be reminded of how great he is. He's got a group of screwed-up, recovering sin addicts following him. And when he looks back at us, he doesn't go, ugh. He looks back and smiles. And if you think I made that up, read your Bible close. God has tied his joy to our joy because we are his and he is ours. This is so easy to miss. A leper came into a city. Stop! Stop! I mean, just stop there. A leper full of leprosy came into a city. That's just crazy. But then it gets crazier. He came into the city, and he saw Jesus. Now, what did the leper's eyes just see? God incarnate. Just just pump to break a minute. I got a leper in a city. He should not be there. I got God incarnate. That's just crazy. And the leper who shouldn't be there walks up to the God who truthfully shouldn't be there if he wants to be fair. But he should be there because he knew he'd be there. But we're going to move by that statement real quick. And the leper falls down and begs him, Lord, If you will, you can. And then Jesus stretched out his hand, the very hand of God, and touched him. Now, I guarantee there are crowds all around. He is surrounded by crowds. The crowds would give an audible, the, the rabbi, the miracle worker guy just touched a leper. He's now unclean, right? No. Because what they saw next was immediately. So I want you to picture this. A guy riddled with skin falling off, hollow sockets, just oozy, pussy, nasty, smells vilely. Boom. Immediately, he was healed. So put yourself in the city. You're following Jesus because he's putting on a show, right? Cool. Teaching. He heals people. I'm walking. So this would be me in Palestine. Where's Jesus today? The of fasciitis is acting up. So I'm walking. I'm looking. There he is. I'm coming in my Palestinian crocs and I'm like listening to him teach. And I'm like, wow, he doesn't quote commentaries. He's not telling me what he read. He's just he's like, it's almost like he thinks he's God or something. He's just preaching. I've never heard it before, but it's true. Wow. But when's he going to do the healing? My plantar fasciitis is killing me. And I'm looking around. I got lame people, blind people. I haven't got some people bringing a coffin, but that's a story for another time. And all of a sudden, we're hanging around, and this leper walks in. And I'm going, "We got leprosy. And the leper comes by boldly and audaciously, smelly. And Jesus touches him. And not because he touched him, but because he declared. He was immediately and totally healed. What would you do if you were there? You'd forget about your plantar fasciitis. You would stare in wonder. And I hope you would ask this question Who is that guy? Who, who is that guy? So he heals him and then he tells him to tell no one. Don't you all wish that was Jesus' charge to the church? You're saved by grace through faith. Now, please don't tell anybody. You'll be like, yeah. Like, no evangelist. No. Don't tell anyone. Keep it a secret. I'll tell you why that's bad news in a minute. Charge him to tell no one. The reason he charged him to tell no one, I believe this is my, my, my assumption, not even a conviction, it's just an assumption. So take it with a grain of salt. Is the crowds are packing so tightly, Jesus is just buying two weeks. He tells the guy. Go and show yourself to the priest. Where's the priest? In Jerusalem. Make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded. So he's saying, keep the law. Go to Jerusalem. Tell him what happened. Three days to Jerusalem. Walk. Three days back. Eight days there for cleansing. So it's two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. And in two weeks' time, then the crowds are going to massively swell. Because this leper's coming back. And he's coming hooting and hollering. Right? He's going to be reunited with his family, his friends. He can get back to work. He can earn some money. He can live in in relative comfort, right? He's going to be hooting and hollering. But even before the man gets back, but now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Why would Jesus withdraw to desolate places and pray? It's not a hard question. Watch this. Because he's a man. He got, he, need, he, he got tired. He needed rest. But don't miss this. He needed fellowship with the Father in the power of the Spirit. Now, if Jesus, so some people take this and like, well, I should go to the woods for a week. Listen, you don't have to go to the woods. Just get your Bible out. Maybe get up a little early, stay up a little late. We'll find a quiet place, put on a pair of headphones at lunch. Listen to God speak through his word. Take half an hour and meditate on the word of God. Gather with a a group of saints and pray to be reminded of who God is and to be empowered to walk for his glory. But the crowds are coming. And here we'll land the plane here. But here's why the worst thing you would want to hear from Jesus is Is don't tell anybody spiritual leprosy was the uh, leprosy was the worst disease known at the time so think about what's the worst disease you can think of right now you have to answer it you can probably come up with some besides plantar fasciitis (laughs) there are scary diseases this was worse why Because this disease meant you would go out into the wilderness by yourself and die riddled in hideous pain as your body totally and completely fell apart. It's a nerve disease. So you literally, you couldn't feel. And you'd be sitting there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my foot! Your foot was literally in the fire and you didn't feel it. This is what this did. So you'd be by yourself, dying, hopeless, helpless. Imagine a life in isolation, separated from fellowship with other people, the worship of God and his people in pain until you die. That's what leprosy was. It's still a disease all over the world. Fortunately, in our context, we have a cure. But there are still literally millions of people who have leprosy today. And Jesus came to show that he had power over leprosy. But why leprosy in this case? Because we have a worst affliction in sin. You are separated from God. You live in the spiritual wilderness apart from God, if you will. At the same time, you could feel nothing, spiritual death, but yet you feel pain every day of your life and the symptoms of spiritual leprosy. Amen? And Jesus punched a hole into creation to become, if you will, a spiritual leper himself. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Maybe we go so far as to say this. He went into the wilderness so that we could come in from the wilderness. Amen? Why did he do that? Back to where we started. Because he cares for you. Yes, he did it for the glory of the Father. Amen? And we're saved to glorify the Father. Amen? But don't miss this truth. God cares for you. Did you hear that? God cares for you. He cares about you. And in Christ, he is with you. The attributes of God are massively wide. And they all go together. If while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. How much more now that we are reconciled will we be saved by his life? Listen, apart from Christ, God does love you. But it's a different love than he has for his children by grace through faith. It's not a cozy love. It's not an intimate love. It's not not an attentive love in the sense of compassion and caring towards a child. It's a love of common grace. But one day in God's perfect love, he will destroy all spiritual lepers. Do you catch that? In his perfect love. We distort love so badly in our understanding of it. God's is so much more grand. How could God, a loving God, send anyone to hell? Right? You know some of you want to ask that question. The answer really is, how can a loving God not send anyone to hell? You see, no one goes to hell apart from God lovingly sending them to hell. Did you hear me closely? No one goes to hell apart from God lovingly sending them to hell. Now, y'all can chew on that and bring that to real conversations, too, but I'm, I'm serious. Because God is love. Not sometimes, all the time. Just like God is holy, just, merciful, jealous, omnipotent, omnipresent... But when you have peace with God, when you have the favor of God, when you understand that you were once a spiritual leper made clean by the blood of Christ, that you cried out to God, if you can, no, no, no. If you will, you can. And whoever cries out to God, God will heal. Do you see that? Now, now, now I'm ready to start preaching. So I was thinking, when, and I'm, not, I'm kidding, I'm landing the plane. Whenever you come to any text in Scripture, you want to ask this question of it. How does this text point to the reality and the manifest beauty of who Christ is? Now, I think I gave you three answers here. You are far worse than you realize. Jesus cares about you far more than you realize. And you're saved to, you're saved to go and call spiritual lepers to Christ. There are at least 15 more reasons this text is here. And that's the beauty of Scripture. You, you never master it. This is not my line, but you can become mastered by it. And I feel like we're, we're flying on a jet ski across Scripture. People laugh. Like, you, I talk to pastors like, what are you preaching? Because you, you got three to five weeks is a normal span you're taught that people stay focused on a sermon series. Because people just don't, they, they won't stick around if you go more than three to five weeks. So you want to give them positive, encouraging talks about this topic or that topic, or basically how to deal with symptoms of spiritual leprosy without getting to the root cause. Well, I'm convinced that the biggest way I can improve my preaching, you ready for this, is to slow down. I'm not going to do it. Don't, don't get all nervous. But even just look at, look at that first verse. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. We can do a five-parter on that one. We're not going to. Because this is the, I got 66 books. I want to preach through as much of the whole counsel of God as we can. But my friends, as you read scripture, think about how does this point to the reality of who Christ is and his manifold beauty, manifest beauty. I hope I gave you a little glimpse of it. Yea, I hope the Holy Spirit opened all of our eyes so that we see the power of God, the love of God, the compassion of God, and the commission of God. How could you see a spiritual leper and not point them to the one who offers healing? We hear it all the time in our own prayers and in our our prayers in corporate contexts and in the requests people give to us. Can you tell God I'm struggling with this? Listen, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. But can I tell you something? He knows. And while I joke about plantar fasciitis, and you, my kids, they'd laugh if they if, don't look back, because I hobbled around the house for like two weeks. That's awesome. It was horrible. Stop it. <laughs> it was 14 days and nights. I don't want you to miss this aspect. God knew my foot hurt. And God isn't like my dad, who would literally say, and did, suck it up. There are people who are paralyzed. Deal with it. Right? That's the counsel I'm used to. That's not the counsel of God. God would not say, suck it up. God would say a couple things. Perhaps he would say this. I know. I'm sovereign. I either caused or allowed that. Remember, you are still living in a fallen body. Pain and suffering are a part of life on this side of eternity. I'm in control, trust me. Remember the words of your Savior. He's overcome the world. Remember the truth of the scripture. I'm a good God. I will not destroy you or break you down. I will build you up. So bring your plantar fasciitis to me and cry out for help and I'll help you. I can heal it if I want to and if I give it to you without healing, I'll give you the grace to deal with it. But remember who you are and who I am. Amen? You can apply that to any and every area of life from plantar fasciitis to leprosy. And there will be a day when there's no more plantar fasciitis or leprosy or death of any kind. And that is what we have guaranteed in Christ. How do I know it's guaranteed? I said these these historical events are true through and through. The, the, The grandest, most marvelous, foundational historical event is this Jesus guy Truly God and truly man died and rose. He is risen. risen. We serve a living Savior. He came to heal spiritually sick people and give them life in his name. And we see by his power he can. I'll stop here if you promise to come back next week so we can keep going. Father, good, good Father, Kind, compassionate, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Yet a father who is just and holy and perfect. A God who cannot allow imperfection into his presence. But yet a God who is so gracious that he came into the presence of imperfection. Lord Jesus, help us to be reminded of Christmas. That unto us a child was born. Unto us a son is given, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. His name shall be Jesus, God saves. And as those who celebrate Christmas, we also celebrate Easter. That this God who came into a world of spiritual lepers, who lived the perfect life no leper could ever live, and who took the leprosy of sin upon himself so he might place the righteousness of himself upon those who would trust in him, rose from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father to return yet again. And Lord Jesus, even though you ascended, you said to us you would never leave us nor forsake us. And maybe in our fallen minds we go, but that doesn't make sense. But it does because we have God himself in his spirit dwelling in us as God the Son prays for us so that we might glorify God the Father. We are children of God, co-regents with Christ, the temple of God. We are spiritual lepers made spiritually clean by the blood of Christ so that we might live for the glory of God and have the joy he intends for us. Lord, this is too much for us. We are totally unworthy. But yea, in Christ, you have made us worthy. And you have done this for your name's sake. Lord, I love how in your text you never tell us the leper's name. But you knew his name because you made him. Lord, we don't know the eternal state of this leper. But that's okay because the text isn't about the leper. It's about the man who was God who healed the leper. And Lord, I pray that we might be continually humbled as you allow us to see more clearly who we were apart from Christ. That we might be continually made more bold and confident in you as we see what you have made us by grace through faith miraculously in the work of Christ. And I pray, Lord, that you may give us a love for one another in the church and a love for the lost as you have, so that we might care for, equip, and encourage the brothers and sisters in Christ and be a church that's about going out into a land of lepers, never looking down on a leper because we too were once lepers, and the only difference is grace but seeing them compassionately and mercifully and lovingly and letting them know there is a man who heals leprosy. Helping them see that all of the symptoms point to their need for Christ, that they are broken, that they are separated, that they are dying, but you, Lord Jesus, came to give life to what is dying. So Lord, I pray for wisdom this week, that you would give us the the wisdom in our relationships, not not to manipulate people, but to actually love people, to listen to people, and as you provide opportunity to speak truth to people, that yes, that hurts, but there's a reason that hurts. And there is a man who is God to came who will one day remove every hurt, but even before that day has come to deal with the root cause of sin and to reconcile us to himself. Holy Spirit, whatever was from you today, I pray you would plant deeply in our hearts whatever was just from the, the musings of a, a fallen, recovering, synodic pastor, uh, redeemed by grace alone, that you would quickly have the, the wind blow away and be forgotten. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work mightily in our lives to conform us to the image of Christ for your namesake. We pray all of these things in the holy and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.